0: I'd like to begin this morning by reading some of the final words, some of the last words that we have recorded in the eternal record from the Apostle Paul. So please open with me this morning to the book of 2 Timothy, if you would please. 2 Timothy, chapter 4, beginning at verse 6, is going to serve as our main text this morning. 2 Timothy 4, beginning at verse 6, the Apostle Paul writes, for I'm already being poured out as a drink offering in the time of my departures at hand. I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Be diligent to come to me quickly. For Demas has forsaken me. Having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica, Crescens for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. Only Luke's with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. And Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus... Bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas when you come in the books, especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his works. You also must beware of him, for he's already resisted our words. At my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, so that the message might be preached fully through me, and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Now, we're all familiar with the circumstances here. We know that the Apostle Paul is preparing for his own death, and he knows it's imminent during his second imprisonment. He knows what's coming. And I'd like for us to take special notice as we begin this morning of verses 10 and verses 16. He said in verse 10, Demas has forsaken me. And then he says in verse 16, everybody forsook me. Why don't you think about that? After all that the Apostle Paul had done for so many people... After all the souls that he had taught the gospel, after all of the baptisms that he had administered and all of the baptisms that that he had seen administered because of the teaching that he had done, think about his three missionary trips. Think about all the congregations that he started. Think about the struggles he endured. And think about all of the sufferings for the gospel and his putting his own life on the line To preach it fully and without compromise so that others could be saved years and years of bodily injury, bodily harm. All of the things that he suffered and that he endured so that he might preach the gospel fully. We see records of some of this in places like Acts chapter 20 verses 17 through 32. 2 Corinthians chapters 11 and 12. Galatians chapters 1 and 2. And others, a life of serving other people at his own peril. And in spite of it all, he said in Second Timothy that Demas and all the brethren had forsaken him. They'd abandoned him, they left him alone. His fellow Christians had forsaken him when he needed them. The most. Sort of reminds me of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Paul was simply following in Jesus' footsteps. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane that night when he, when he went there, his disciples, three times, they fell asleep. And he commanded, couldn't you stay awake with me for one hour? And then later on when Jesus was arrested... The scripture tells us in Mark 26, 56, I'm sorry, in Matthew 26, 56, and in Mark 14, 50, that all the disciples forsook him and fled. That is when Jesus was arrested. And that Greek word that's used there, "thou all the disciples forsook him and fled in Matthew and Mark's gospel, as well as this same word forsook here in 2 Timothy four ten and 16. That word means this, according to Strong's... It means to abandon, to desert, to leave in dire straits, to leave helpless. It also means totally, totally abandoned, utterly forsaken, to leave behind. That's what they did to Paul. There's two primary points that I want us to get from this morning's sermon. Point number one. I believe that in these nearly the final recorded words of the Apostle Paul that we have, that they were meant to give us, amongst other things, some insight into the fact that no matter how much you do, how much you love, how much you serve, how much you give, how much you sacrifice, sometimes those that you love and those that you sacrifice for and those that you give to are simply going to abandon you. They're going to. They're just going to desert you and forsake you. Let me give you some groups wherein we see that. You know, parents, as hard as it is for some of us to believe, parents will sometimes abandon, desert, and forsake their own children some years ago katie worked in a shelter worked as an emergency weekend home for some of these kids and some of those stories that were told about parents abandoning their children were they break your heart and make you sick to your stomach in jeremiah thirty-two and verse thirty-five god said it never entered my mind what those parents were doing to their children In that text. God said, it never entered my mind that they would do this to their kids. In fact, Psalm 2710 says, according to the English Standard Version, For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Yes, sometimes parents will abandon their own children. Scripture also tells us that sometimes children will abandon and desert and forsake their own parents as well. That could be said if you really stop and think about it, with the parable of the, with the story of the prodigal son. He grew up, he knew right from wrong, and, and he abandoned everything that his father stood for, and he went off into the swine fields. You know, it's amazing if you start looking at scripture, how often this happens. If we talk about Matthew 15, 1 through 7, you'll recall in that text, the Pharisees were looking for loopholes so so that they didn't have to take care of their own mother and father. God understood that was going to happen. So God began as early as the Ten Commandments. Back in Exodus, chapter 20 and verse 12. To try to remedy that situation of children abandoning their parents wherein he said honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you we see that same teaching reflected in the New Testament as well in places like Ephesians 6 1 2 where it says children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right honor Your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. But despite these warnings in scripture, sometimes we see in scripture that some children went so far as to not only abandon, desert or forsake their own parents... But they sought to deliver their own parents up to death. We might be reminded of King David's son, Absalom. You remember that story in 2 Samuel 13-18? through Absalom come back and kind of got in good with his father and set himself up at the gate to undermine his father's authority, King David. And King David had to wind up running for his life out of Jerusalem because of his own son, Absalom. We would also see that same thing talked about in Matthew 10-21 where Jesus said, That some children would seek to not only abandon, but to have their parents put to death. And then finally and thirdly, besides those two different instances of abandoning, deserting, or forsaking, we have the case of those children of the living God, those people of God who abandon, desert, and forsake their Heavenly Father. They abandon their heavenly father, his holy truth, their spiritual siblings. And the worship assemblies of the very group of people which their Lord Jesus Christ came and died to cleanse and establish. Folks, when people abandon, forsake, and desert the church, they are leaving behind that group. That group that was so precious to Christ that he came and shed his blood and gave his life to establish that group. And they are abandoned. When you abandon the church that Jesus died to save... You abandoned the Christ who came to die and save it. We see that right in our scripture reading here in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. Where Paul says, Demas has forsaken me. You know what's so sad and what's so disheartening here about this whole situation with Demas? About five years earlier, about five years before 2 Timothy was written... The Apostle Paul wrote the epistle to the Colossians during his first imprisonment. He wrote his epistle to the Colossians and his epistle to Philemon. And at that time, five years or so earlier, Demas was a faithful, faithful Christian. A faithful member and partaker with Paul in some form or fashion of his first imprisonment. We see this in Colossians 4.14. In Philemon 1.23. Paul just... He talked about how Demas was right there with him. And now, Demas has abandoned God, his church, and his people. You know word of god mentions a number of people in the old testament that abandoned or deserted or forsook god in his word we would see examples of this in deuteronomy 32 15 through 18. we'd see it with ammon in second kings 21 19 through 22. we'd see it with rehoboam in second chronicles 12 1. and as i consider as i consider those people who have abandoned or deserted or forsaken god i can't help but think of the 55th psalm i want you to turn there with me psalm 55. This is so representative of those cases that we just talked about. Where people would leave the Lord who once were faithful. They would abandon and desert and forsake God the Father. In Psalm 55, people who used to worship with us but have decided to abandon God. Psalm 55 and verse 12. Look what is written here. By David. David says... For it's not an enemy who reproaches me, then I could bear it. Nor is it the one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me, then I could hide from him. He said, it's not some enemy that I'm fighting here, but it was you. A man my equal, my companion, and my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of God in the throng, we sat side by side in worship. We worshiped God together. We joyfully went up to his house and, and we went in and we, we sang those songs and we, we worshiped God side by side, by this sweet fellowship that we enjoyed. But he says, Now you've left. You've left me and you've left God. Verses 20 and 21 say this about that person who has done that. He has put forth his hands against those who were at peace with him. He has broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. But what I want for you to understand this morning is this morning is not all about that. That's only point number one. There is a far more important point that I want you to see, and it's right here in this very psalm. The second and most important point of this morning's lesson is this. yes being forsaken or abandoned or deserted is a horrible terrible thing and it will happen in even the closest of relationships but point number two did you notice the rest of the story in those passages we've talked about For instance, right here in Psalm 55, did you notice verse 22, what God says to do when that happens? Did you hear the good news? Here's the good news. When that happens, verses 20 and 21, David says in verse 22, Cast your burden on the Lord and He shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Isn't that an awesome verse? When... People Abandon or desert or forsake you or the Lord and you're you're trying to do what God wants you to you can cast your cares on God and he will Absolutely carry you. That's what that verse says The point is That no matter who else or why else anyone else abandons deserts or forsake you you can always hear me church can you hear me you can always always count on god never to leave abandon nor forsake you isn't god awesome god will remain true to you through all the pain and suffering that this world might inflict on you or that others might inflict on you when they leave you behind to go back into the world or whatever the reason is it's in all of those texts that we read for example for example go back to second timothy four do you remember what paul said in that text look in 2 timothy four every one of these reminds us that even if somebody else deserts us god will not 2 Timothy chapter 4. Yes, he said here, he said in verse 10, yet Demas forsook him. He says in verse 16, all the Christians forsook him. But look at verse 17. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. God did not forsake, abandon, or desert Paul even when everybody else did. God stood with him. God strengthened him. And God did that so that the message might be preached fully through him and that all the Gentiles might hear. God even delivered him out of the mouth of the lion. Do you remember what the Lord Jesus Christ said? Regarding his disciples abandoning him and forsaking him that night. Do you remember what he said? Turn to me to John 16. John 16. John 16 verses 32 and 3. We know, as I've already said in this lesson, according to Matthew's gospel and Mark's gospel, we know that all his disciples forsook him and fled the night he was arrested. And Jesus, talking about that, right here in John 16, verses 32 and 33 says this, Indeed the hour is coming, yes, has now come, that you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. He said, you're all going to desert me. But look at, the, look at the rest of this. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. They could all run and abandon him if they wanted to, but God would stand with him. And then look what he says. He says in verse 33, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now, there's a lot of applications of verse 33. But let's not miss, for the sake of this morning's message, the application that flows immediately out of verse 32. When he says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace, one part of that has got to be what he's just said. And what he's just said is, It doesn't matter who leaves me alone. God is going to stand with me. Let me ask you a question. Does that strengthen you to know that no matter what happens, that God will stand with you? That no matter who abandons you, no matter who abandons the church, no matter who abandons you, no matter who leaves nor forsakes you, that God will not leave you. That's incredible. And he says, you're going to have tribulation, verse 33. You're going to have those same things I'm having, verse 32. There's going to be times where nobody will stand with you. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I have shown you that when you go through that, God will be with you. I'll be with you. Because God's with me. Do you remember the words we read from Psalm 27.10? For my father and my mother have forsaken me. But look at the rest of that. But the Lord will take me in. Again, every time we see this, where people are forsaken, God stands with them. And that's what He wants you to know. God is faithful. God keeps His promise. God will not wilt, nor abandon, nor forsake you if you want to stand with Him. There's so many other beautiful texts that I want to share with you this morning. I'm going to give you just a few that contain a similar promise. And I want you to be encouraged. I want you to look at these. Listen, turn with me to Deuteronomy 31. Let's look at some of these promises. Deuteronomy chapter 31. When the Lord promises an inheritance, look at what he guarantees with it. Again, when the Lord promises an inheritance, look at what he guarantees with it. Deuteronomy 31, verses 6 through 8. He has promised them this, the promised land, this inheritance. He says in verse 6 of Deuteronomy 31, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, be strong and of good courage for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them and you shall cause them to inherit it. God has promised them that they're going to inherit this land, but he's guaranteeing with this inheritance that he will go with them and personally guarantee they get it. Look at verse 8. And the Lord, He is the one who goes with you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be dismayed. God has guaranteed this inheritance and in giving it to you, He's guaranteeing you that He'll go with you. Has God guaranteed us an eternal inheritance Ephesians chapter 1. Yes, he has. Verses 13 and 14. We have a guarantee of this inheritance that is ours. Do you think for one minute, even when the going is tough, that God who guaranteed you that inheritance is somehow going to leave you on your own to find it? Ain't happening. The Lord your God, when he guarantees you an inheritance, he gives a promise. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Even on your deathbed. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. I will go with you. I will take care of you. Secondly, when you're forced to go through the fires of pain and tribulation, I want you to understand, church, this morning... The Lord your God will never abandon you, forsake you, or desert you. Do you remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do you remember how he walked through the fire with them? As long as you're willing to hang on to God and to walk with God, He will not leave you. No matter what you face. Number three... Even when you fail, even when you falter, and even when you mess up. If you will confess and repent, even when you make awful mistakes, the God of all love and all grace and all mercy and all faithfulness will not leave you nor forsake you. Turn to me to 1 Samuel 12 and look at this. 1 Samuel chapter 12. I am here this morning to celebrate an awesome God. 1 Samuel chapter 12. Even when you mess up, All God asks is you acknowledge your sin and turn from it. And he will not forsake you. 1 Samuel 12 beginning at verse 19. All the people said to Samuel, pray for your servants to the Lord God that we may not die. For we have added to all our sins the evil of asking a king for ourselves. They were confessing. They said, I cannot believe we did this. What a horrible thing we've done. On top of all of our other sins we've asked for a king. Look at this message. Samuel said to the people, Do not fear. Boy, that sounds familiar. Didn't I just read that in Deuteronomy? Do not fear. You have done all this wickedness. You guys have really messed this up. Yet do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And do not turn aside, for then you would go after empty things which cannot profit or deliver, for they are nothing. Look at this next verse. If you don't have it highlighted, you need to for the lord will not forsake his people for the lord will not forsake his people for his great namesake because it is pleased the lord to make you his people i love this that you know what Isaiah 53 in verse 10 talks about Jesus in this messianic prophecy. And it says of Jesus, the Lord was pleased to crush him, to put him to grief. The Lord was pleased to do that. Why? To make you and me his people. And the scripture tells us that when God is pleased to make a certain group his people that will be called by his name, even when they mess up. If they're willing to say, hey, we've messed up, guess what? God's not going to leave you. I wonder how many people in their lives have said, I messed up too much this time, God can't forgive me. They don't know their Bible. They don't know their Bible. God says if you're willing to say, you're willing to, to, to turn it around here, Take my hand. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you because you messed up. That's not the kind of God I am. Not even in your weakness or your old age, no matter who else may, God will never, ever, ever leave his faithful people. Psalm 37, please turn there, beginning at verse 23. Even in your old age, even in your old age and weakness, God will never abandon or forsake his faithful people. David told us that. Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Beginning at verse 23, David says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. You're going to fall. You're going to fumble. You're going to stumble. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to make wrong steps. But even then... God is there for you. That's what David wants you to know. You may stumble, you may fall. But if you are trying to hang on to God and go in the right direction, God's not going to leave you. That's not the kind of God he is. Look what else he says. He says, I have been young and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken. David said, I've lived a long time and I have never seen God forsake the man who's seeking to do his will nor his descendants begging bread. God is ever merci I'm sorry, he, meaning the man, is ever merciful and lands and his descendants are blessed. Depart from evil and do good and dwell evermore. For the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints. I love God. He's not gonna leave me if I make a mistake, if I falter, if I stumble, even when I get old. He's not going to He's that's not the kind of God He is. He does not forsake His saints. They are preserved forever. We would notice just quickly from Psalm ninety four as well, if you turn there with me for just a moment. Psalm ninety four, verses twelve through fourteen say this. Blessed is the man whom you instruct, O Lord, and teach out of your law, that you may give him rest from the days of adversity, until the pit is dug for the wicked. And now Psalm 94 and verse 14. Highlight it, church. For the Lord will not cast off his people, nor will he forsake his inheritance. It's these types of promises that form the nucleus of the power and the permanent encouragement we get in the New Testament. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, our last text of the morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and look at what it says. It is the same God, it's just a different testament. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning at verse 7. says this, He's been talking about how awesome God and Christ are. He's been talking about this this plan of salvation. And he says in verse 7, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed on every side. He said, man, there's stuff coming at us from all directions. Do you ever have a day like that? The sky has fallen, the floor gives out from under you, and there's just stuff coming in from all sides, and you are just completely overwhelmed. He said, We're hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, we're confused. Did you ever get in a situation where you didn't know what God wanted you to do and you were just confused and perplexed? And it's like, ah! It would be so much easier if he just dropped, you know, a paper out of heaven saying, Hey, do this. Paul says, even with all of his miraculous knowledge, Paul says we are perplexed, but we're not in despair. Why, Paul? He said we're persecuted. People are saying evil things about us. They're undeserved, but they're evil. He said we're being persecuted, and people are wanting to just just take out the church and do all these horrible things. He says we're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. He said, God's still standing with us. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be made known in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. He said, we're always going to have hard times. You know why we have hard times? You know why God allows His people to have hard times? So that they can show that they have something to deal with those hard times that the world does not have. They have a God. Who will strengthen them, encourage them, give them hope. A God who's still in control. A God who's still on the throne. A God who will not forsake them. Even if the whole world does. But God will stand with them. That's why we're allowed to go through some of these things. why we are delivered to death for Jesus' sake. day long so that the world can see that jesus is real in us there are a number of biblical texts texts that tell us there is no such thing hear this now there is no such thing as a faithful struggling but at the same time god forsaken christian there is no such thing as a faithful christian A struggling Christian who is a God-forsaken Christian, no matter what else they may face from other people and circumstances in this lifetime, the only way that God forsakes anyone is if they forsake him and leave him no choice. That is seen in scriptures like 1 Chronicles 28.9 and 2 Chronicles 15.2. Brethren, I want to leave you with these thoughts this morning. There is so much encouragement in this lesson I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know what's happened to you. I don't know those people who have hurt you or abandoned you. I know that there have been those people that have left the Lord and his church. But but in your own life, I don't know everything that's going on. But I know this. I know that whether you're weak and you've messed up and you've sinned. Or whether you're old and gray haired and your health is deteriorating or whether there's other people in the world that have just left you, God will never forsake His faithful people. I want to ride that to my last breath. Don't you? If there's anybody here this morning who's not a member of the church, who's never been baptized for the forgiveness of their sins, that they might become a child of this awesome, incredible, never forsake you God. If you've never done that, or maybe you're somebody who has, and you just need the prayers of the church to be, to be stronger and understand what God has done for you. Or maybe you're just dealing with a hurt and you need the prayers of the church. If any of those things describe you this morning, will you please come to the front as we stand and sing?